Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to My 7 Wonders Live. In the My 7 Wonders podcast, I ask a special guest to select and talk about the seven wonders of his or her world. This episode is one of several we recorded in front of a live audience at the 2022 Edinburgh Festival Fringe. And the guest who joined me for this recording is a comedian and ventriloquist best known for his character Chester Missing, a fictional political commentator who confronts racism and white privilege in post-apartheid South Africa. So here we are with an enthusiastic Edinburgh Fringe audience exploring the seven wonders of Conrad Koch. Well done. Here we come here all the we way. Are. Well, we come are. all the way from South Africa, and I did. I've just I discovered escaped. from you. It's, this is your first Edinburgh, your first visit to Edinburgh. This is my first Edinburgh. It took a while to uh, yeah. to build towards doing it because I talk about politics. Uh, so I'm a white South African, and I'm a ventriloquist. So you really have two reasons to think I'm a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> And so it took a while to get you. And I'm, no, it's nobody thinks ventriloquists are douchebags. Oh, nobody, yeah. no. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> but you're, you're a big star in South Africa. Well, it's a bit weird, isn't it? My, my, uh, my puppet is a big star in South Africa. I'm, I'm, I'm a well-known star. Uh, yeah. But my puppet's a very big star in that he uh, interviews politicians. I've got a few characters, of course, being a ventriloquist. But uh, my main character, who you'll, you'll meet today... Uh, interviews politicians on yeah. TV, which is, of course, bizarre, isn't it? A politician and puppet on the same show. Which one's yes. the puppet, you know? Yeah, who's been manipulated the most oh, from that's, behind. Well, that's yeah. a South African story, you know, as uh, yeah. apartheid ended and then and then uh, uh, wealth kind of kept the system going because it was really an economic system. So it's an amazing metaphor. I mean, your own politics, you know, billionaires controlling thing, Boris going, oh, what must I say? You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he talks so, like there's a yeah. hand in his bum. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose he does now, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> Whose hand, though, is it anyway? Um, That's so, what I want to know. <laughs> so, how do how do you get going with this? I know you you went to university and studied. Well, I've, I've got two notes. You studied something like anthropology, social anthropology. Yes, yes. But then you went to a school of magic. But I don't know if that's oh, yeah, a joke a weird or whether you did do No, it. I did. It, it's a, we have a place in, it's a weird thing. This is a, like a Hogwarts, but uh, it's a place in Cape Town called the College of Magic where you kind of learn just like tricks and juggling. Yeah. and It's like a weekend hobby type of thing. Okay. Spelling, obviously. Uh, spelling, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it's, you know, that's, it's, it was like on Saturday mornings. Mm. Uh, and so instead of playing, uh, playing rugby i went to one of those kind of rugby kind of schools and play, instead of playing rugby i played with dolls so <laughs> i got smacked a bit okay <laughs> and um and then 
learned ventriloquism there, but at at university, uh, you know, I started. I, I went to went started going to university. Sort of apartheid had ended. Yeah. Nelson Mandela was the president, and we had a thing called the Truth and Reconciliation Commission oh, remember, happening. Yes, yeah. You're right. With Desmond Tutu was heading that up. Yeah. And so the atrocities of apartheid. I know the sound. This is hectic for a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, this is all context. This yeah. is all good. But, the, 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 but the I just go back on that. The, the magic school said so you, you you were learning ventriloquism. So uh, that's how tough cast tough class for a teacher's control isn't it because he comes yeah. and said you need you get a bit of cheek and you say who said that well nobody knows could be it could be anybody <laughs> i've got a joke in my other show but uh, it must be weird uh, having sex with a ventriloquist who's your daddy who said that <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah ventriloquism. Uh, although to be honest at the beginning of ventriloquism class uh, everyone is clearly moving their lips <laughs> You're terrible for years, and I because I've spent so much time on TV. I've got to remind myself it's not TV. You must move. You must do ventriloquism now because he's on TV. My puppet's on it by itself, sort of spitting image down. Oh, right, so you're behind that. You, you can you move can't your see lips. Me. I can just talk, yeah, because oh, our right. president's name is Rama Pausa. Try saying that without moving your lips. <laughs> Rama Pausa. <laughs> I can't say it when I'm moving. Uh, right. no. Rama <laughs> so it's yeah. so complicated. Right? Okay, um, all right, so. Um, I, I'm not, I don't know whether we should, I should, you know, just talk to you for a bit, but but I, I'm I'm interested to meet your um, Chester Missing. Yeah, he's called okay. Chester Missing. That's his name because um, he doesn't and, know who and he is. And is he waiting patiently? In no, there, he's or? probably having a fight on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of Twitter followers. It, it ended up in court once. We will talk about that later. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So let's, this is my friend. Uh, interviews politicians on TV. Just lots of love, ladies and gentlemen. Chester Missing. <laughs> Oh. Hello, hello, hello! Oh my, it's Clive Anderson. I'm so, it's an honour, sir. Hello, hello. You look. No, that's the. I, I look like I'm the head of the RNC union, is what I look. Like. You look like me, I'd say. I do. <laughs> you have more hair. It's a close run thing. I look like a tiny old Murray, <laughs> and I can't smile, Clive. All that's. <laughs> it's the face Nigel Farage makes, and he holds in a thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Nigel Farage exits everything. <laughs> so thanks for Ch- laughing, yeah. Ch- Chester. Can I ask you a question? Do it, Clive. Yeah, well, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I'm glad you're still alive. It's great that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are now. Um, what, what you interview politicians? So That's right. It's weird, isn't it? And what were you sensible politicians or just ones that want to goof around? Are they sensible politicians? <laughs> <laughs> Which politicians are saying, I've seen your, your politics is insane, and that's saying something yeah. worth on South Africa. <laughs> Our politics is so insane, the lights turned off, not even joking. <laughs> uh, so, who, who I talked to uh, Sir Ramaphosa, I interviewed Richard Question CNN once, I interviewed uh, you know, all of our cabinet ministers, and they were related to me because they also thought that such a wild freaking, it's amazing. I, did, I had literally had cabinet ministers lining up to talk to me. I know that's weird. That I made out of latex and kind of kinky. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your daddy? Jacob Zuma's my daddy. <laughs> it's a South African joke. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll have to hope some South Africans are in. Just I to... don't care. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> are there any South Africans here? There, if there was, we'd wait outside and nug you afterwards. <laughs> Buy a house in Joburg. <laughs> I've interviewed some South African politicians. F. W. De Klerk. I oh wow, both. that's back in the day. Yeah, yes, wow. well, uh, yeah, and uh, and yes. Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Oh, I love well. him. He yeah. named him twice. He's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's um, now you're both here. Let's get on with your wonders. I don't know if you 
brought, you know, decided these together? No, or? no, he doesn't consult me because I'll make them rude. <laughs> okay. So your first wonder is, well, it's a, it's a, a fact, really. Uh, yeah, let's do it. A, a researcher at Columbia University calculated that during colonialism, the British took $45 trillion from just India, which is almost 17 times the UK's uh, GDP. Now, um, so is this into... This is today's figures. That's rounded up to as far to, as I know. As far yes. as we, we, I mean, I'm not taught that, so I don't do hard research. My hands don't work. Yeah. <laughs> Google India. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That is. That's a, you know. That's a lot of what we do is talk about apartheid, and in this guy, you know, he's a when you say privilege. It's um, the legacy of colonialism. Yeah, uh, it's hard to point out, particularly you know, with white audiences, because it implies that we are work less hard for what we've got. So we don't. It's hard to talk about it because you know, people freak out, and we come from come from Africa, so most of our audiences are black, and now we, we're talking to uh, to white people about race. And so, I mean, that fact's uh, amazing because you know the life expectancy in the UK, uh, when white South Africa, this is worse, of course. Yes. Most white South Africans are almost five times wealthier than black South Africans, etc. But in that situation, you know, the life expectancy in the UK is as far as I know, around 81, and in India it's about 69. So the legacy, I'm not saying it's entirely because of colonialism, but it is partly, the, and that's why the word colonize starts with the word colon, because our ancestors were assholes. <laughs> <laughs> so there are, of course, the white South Africans are quite tribal, aren't they? So are you an English South African? Or, uh, oh, good uh, question. Afrikaans, His or? name is Cock. <laughs> Cock. How is that better? <laughs> it's like his name's got COVID. <laughs> so my name's German. Yeah, right? yeah. You're German, white, South African. Yeah. Okay. No wonder your hand's in my ass. <laughs> That's like racism squared. But most of my family is uh, Scottish, Blairloch, and Potter, and so Riddler. Right. So very British. So I'm very much an English-speaking South African. All right. Um, and, but well done coming up with uh, Scottish relations. Thank you. I thought it would in, guys. It's always a good idea. He's a colonizer. Well yeah. done. <laughs> so it's, it's cock to rhyme with uh, loch. That's, that's it. To, that's yeah. it. Cock to rhyme with and cough. Cough. of the throat infection. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so this. How does this sort of stuff go down in uh, South Africa when you're? I mean, you're you're basically criticizing uh, yeah, the you know, empires, establishment, uh, yeah. privilege, all those things in well, a comedy show. In, in a, a comedy, comedy show. Well, part of that's because, you know, we're joking, we're having fun, and also we're not blaming you. It's not your fault. You didn't do it. No, I didn't do it. I wasn't born. You I were there. A, I have a perfect alibi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's more about just going, let's be fair, because what it, what it does is it's, uh, you've got to go in your bag for this. I'm not going to go in my, no, guys, help me. <laughs> help me. He's doing it again, Clyde. <laughs> Feels like the 80s. <laughs> All right. That was an apartheid joke. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went down well. <laughs> well, you put him away. Well, I anyway, did fast so. uh, in his bag. Yeah. No, it goes, it goes, sorry, I'm now talking as the author, so I've got to like, I'm mm. two different people. Uh, so, um, no, people go with it. Uh, well, I mean, part of it is, you know, a lot of, the, uh, there are a lot of people of color in the room, mm -hmm. and that's how assimilation works, is that when you see, oh, my black friend is laughing at this joke, 
obviously there's something for me to think about in it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not feeling like I'm a bad person at all. I'm just um, sort of learning how uh, this dynamic works. My, my wife is a person of color. And so I see dynamics in her. I mean, I've got, I've got a master's degree in this, but I see dynamics in her life that I never have to face. Mm. You know, uh, most of the ma- six out of 10 senior managers in South Africa are still white. So when a party ended, we didn't deal with it. I mean, people think, oh, you guys sorted that out. Eh? No, we didn't sort it out. Because a party was a system of laws to economically benefit white people at black people's expense. So in other words, the reason most black South Africans are living on two pounds a day or less is because we um, we create, I think that's one of my seven wonders that I just dropped there. Don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to it. It doesn't matter if we take them it's in a, a different order. Yeah. So, 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 so well, tell us what that is. The average South African lives on two pounds a day. I know, seven wonders aren't very jolly, are they? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you you made your choice. <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah. Well, as a career, <laughs> that's why they say anthropology, the study of white guilt. <laughs> it has the word apology in it. <laughs> but um, no, Clive. The 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 dynamic is that if you don't just go, hey. This is why we're here. This is why you, you say yeah. my wife didn't get to study. She's a performer, an actor. She didn't get to study at the best university and so on because of her parents didn't have money at the time yeah. in the late 90, early yeah. 90s, just the end of apartheid. Uh, so that has a knock-on effect in a whole life. Sure. A, a family that one has to look after. And if one doesn't acknowledge that, it's a bit of an a-hole move because you're kind of saying, I'm just better than you because I worked harder and I'm cleverer. You know, sort of Jacob Rees-Mogg. But you're not. You've got advantages. And if you just acknowledge that, it just makes you more pleasant as a human being it's really it's mostly yeah. that and reparations but I, I, I get what you're saying there but when apartheid came to an end um there were there were fears that absolute anarchy would break out it or bloodshed so on that level it, it looks uh, and this is why nelson mandela is held in such high regard because he managed sort of a transformation was was the head of it and and it was possible so i know there's plenty of other problems that still exist and and there's been uh, you know corruption all sorts of things like that so i'm i'm just putting the positive side that we no, don't no no there is a there is a part of no no i know and that's what's difficult about this is that we had a whole uh, uh, a narrative of reconciliation yeah. and what we called the rainbow nation yeah. The problem is that we have kids drowning in shit in schools. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, we, we literally there's a, a pit, to- like a toilet that's it's like a pit. And you know those when you're camping, you go one of those camping things. Yeah. I know this is a really hectic thing to be telling. Yeah, we go to Glastonbury for no, exactly that's to do that very goes. Yeah, uh, uh, it's terrible. It's just they go, there's a hole with shit in it. Yeah. it's like five. And I no, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just joking. Yeah. You yeah. can mug him after the show. Yeah. And then. Uh, and the, the, only black kids go to these schools. And that's a direct legacy of what Cecil John Rhodes, the British colonialist, planned. Yeah. Of course, the apartheid government and the South African government today hasn't fixed it. Yeah. So you can't like put all the blame on one, one foot, or one, one place. But dealing with that, we have made a lot of progress. That is true, which is, is one of my seven wonders there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's go on to your second wonder, because there's a, is a, a, a more positive wonder yeah. in this context. Very jolly today. You say South Africa has built more houses for homeless people than any country outside of China. Yeah, is that, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, a, lot of, a lot of us don't realize like, how, how many people don't have homes and then how much home building they did. A lot of it went, got lost in corruption money, because yeah. we do corruption like you guys do football. But... Yeah. <laughs> Or we can do both sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I've been watching. Yeah, I've been yeah, watching. Yeah. Uh, 
So, so who, who gets the credit for that? Who is who's building all these? Uh, well, the African central Asian government, ANC, or the, the ANC, yeah. the ANC, the ANC. Yeah. So, the government of Nelson Mandela and his legacy, and so yes. on and so forth. Obviously, we're a bit like a one-party state, and we have one big party who. Where the opposite is like in South Africa, it's like the Labour government and the um, Tories are in one party and then they fight each other within. So, but it's sort of the same. You've got a small group of people in Kent, apparently, this is what I've been told. <laughs> Wealthy white guys who get to vote for who the next Prime Minister will be. Uh, well, it, am I wrong? I don't know. Uh, uh, your analysis is uh, rough and ready, but, uh, <laughs> but, but at the moment, it's, you know, uh, certainly we've had one party in power for quite a long time, but it looks as though there's never going to be another party in power in, in South Africa. Just, or, oh, no, it is getting less and less. And less. No, no, uh, it yeah. is getting less and less. They're on 54% in the last elections, uh, but right. the problem is they'll probably form. A, you know, coalition politics and so on. Yeah. yeah. And and you, I mean, you have a voice because you're, a, well, you have two voices. He's a com- voice. Yeah, <laughs> you have a voice because you're a comedian and you do TV yeah. programs and so forth. But, yeah. but uh, are, is the white population really involved in politics anymore or is it, are they sort of kind of... It's are, a really as- insightful question. Mm. It's a very insightful question in that, you know, uh, what, what we do is, is what white South Africans can't do at the end of the party and, and there are plenty of white South Africans who are trying to do right and they're amazing people it's not whitewashing mm. Mm. <laughs> everybody but w- <laughs> what happened at the end of the is we kind of went oh well especially English speaking white South Africans it was all those Afrikaans people they're bad yes like there are Tories they're bad and then we were we're the nice ones and now we just gl- joined Elon Muskville like yeah. gl- global whiteness and we just moved on you know yeah. while black South Africans still carry the burden of the financial things so um, I think most uh, there are plenty of white South Africans doing amazing work in NGOs in uh, you know in, in the political system in some way we have a very white opposition party that's very small it's very Tory really in their voice but they're too small to really do anything they govern where I'm from and um but I mean, they, they, you know, white South Africans are sort of struggling to find a way forward. Just probably why I made the show. Just this, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to fix a country, but if, if, if you want to find out, this is what it did without feeling all guilty and awkward. Mm. This is why apartheid is relevant and why we're still talking about it. I'm not saying it's on you, but at least know what happened because no one did that, you know. Okay, so but anyway, the houses have got built. So some of the houses, there's plenty of people without houses. Yeah. yeah. So are there still those sort of townships with tons the, and tons and tons? Yeah. Oh, there's this place. Uh, I'm sorry to be such a downer for a comedian, but this is what I think about. And then I turn it into comedy, and then I have a fun shows as well. But the, you know, there's a place called Kailicha in Cape Town. You see it if you arrive in the airport, and you see the wonderful Table Mountain that you all know of. And Kailicha is just shacks, lots and lots of shacks. Uh, and Cape Town is built on the the sands around Cape Town. If you're not on the mountain, mm-hmm. are very much uh, water sogged. It's basically a big beach, mm-hmm. and um, it, these shacks have little buckets in them, and uh, that's these, and obviously it's only black people living in these shacks and they expect it to poo the whole family like there'll be five people in one shack they have that's their only toilet and the government comes and picks up the buckets once a week or something and then the other option is public toilets which are like a concrete block with one big light overhead because there's no electricity it's all like jacked electricity you know because the electricity comes from a Mm. central place and if you go to those toilets at night you'll get raped so that's apartheid that's apartheid not being dealt with so while they have done a lot where unemployment amongst young, I'm really giving all the facts here, Clive. But uh, uh, the, the part eight's about young South Africans are under unemployment are at 57 percent. Yeah, and has and has none of that. Im- some of that's improved since the the end of apartheid. So there should there should be there's a bigger back yeah. and black middle class, but it's also not moving to some degree. And and part of it is that 
you know, we literally forced people out of their homes and never gave them back, mm. which is wild. And it's not like some people, the people in my family were forced out their homes and were given it back. You know, my wife's of color. So, yeah. so it's just like, imagine you got kicked out of your home and they're like, oh, just get over it, man. It's fine. <laughs> But it's my home. Yes. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the history of uh, sort of empires and colonialism going back for thousands of years features this sort of this economy. terrible thing. And if yeah. and if you um, I was talking about this the other day, if you related to uh, in Scotland, there was a population in the Highlands of Scotland which were one way or another, you know, evicted or sent away to be yeah. replaced by a sheep walk, yeah. and they went. A lot of them went to Canada and America, and were part of getting getting rid of the existing population, pushing them off Amazing. their lands as well. You so relocated to yeah, relocate. Yeah. People, that's, yeah, people, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure that people actually took on board the fact yeah. that they were it was part of the same. Well, process. the Commons system in 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 the UK, where you know you had that shared land where yeah. people could farm on, and then they put up fences, and now mm. people can't farm. I mean, it's the same kind of enclosure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so um, that you've mentioned the building homes for the homeless. We've also mentioned already the average South African lives on two pounds a day. I know. And I really yeah. sorry. I went all yeah. in. My, you know, I'm in yeah. Cape Town. I'm going. I'm going to come do yeah. my show on colonial. And then I thought, yeah. and then I arrive in the room going, ah, oh, you guys are going well, to make you depressed here. But well, there is a fact, it's two pounds. But don't keep apologizing, but you yeah. were given the option of I know, any I wonder in the world. I know, but these are, yeah. these are, this is what I'm talking about here at the yeah. show. So, um, you know, to, it's it's sort of an incredible fact that like, how would you survive in two pounds? It makes it difficult to deal with. Like I have to process when uh, Britain's having a cost of living crisis. And I understand you guys can't, your energy bills are ridiculous, yeah. you know. Granny's getting on buses so they can stay warm, you know, just really yeah. difficult dynamics. But we, you know, so when I heard, we are no, we have a, we have a cost of living crisis, like oh, South Africans are living two pounds a day. I think yeah. your, cal- your, your politicians don't have calculators. That's the start. Yeah. And the other one that made me laugh is the heat wave from Africa. Yeah. So your yeah, heat waves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, where was this? If you're in the heat, when you colonized India for two hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. Especially on the on the weather front, because yeah. uh, British weather is. In comparison to almost ever else, a yeah. rather mild thing, yeah. but we do go a bit crazy. If London, I heard, was 38. Something. London, 38, must be just terrifying. It was, it was, it was warm. Melting. It yeah. was warm. I can tell you, yeah. um, but uh, but it's not having water. But uh, even for a few days or a few weeks, uh, it, if you're used to a regular water supply, you notice it. Uh, plus, all, you know, in the in the winter in London, if there's a sort of a suggestion of snow, everything everything comes shuts down. down yeah. um, no, and but to find Edmund are so hot as well it's been in one respect fantastic but you can't even enjoy a hot weather day now because you, you're thinking well it's a lovely hot weather day but is this mean global warming is about to destroy die. Yeah. yeah but anyway we do like to moan about the weather we like yeah. to talk about the weather and we certainly moan about it when it's a change yeah. I, I well, think we, we almost ran out of water the whole city of cape town almost ran out of water a few years ago it's yes. going to be called day zero and that like clock was ticking and you check the dam each day and yeah it was bananas people were like gather fighting over this public streams where you yeah. could fill up tanks and was yeah. uh, it was pretty wild so uh, is your advice to us to stop stop whinging about our um, cost of living crisis our drought no, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't presume to have advice yeah. to you I just know that you're running out of water yeah you guys have to also yes. put in a bucket and yeah. <laughs> well we had this I think the, the last really bad was 1976 wasn't it was that the last really bad time we had are you all too young to remember 1976? Uh, Did you run out of water before? Has it ever got bad before? Well, it, it was. Uh, it's there are things called standpipes in the streets that that was there when things are bad. The water, they can't get to your house, but you can go and get a bucket of water from the. We had that for a few days, and then there was a minister for 
for drought, and he made it oh rain. My goodness. He made it rain. It was That's fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, that we, was have, we have a rain queen. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't doing a job for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the um, joke was the joke that was going around was people delaying getting pregnant because they're scared that when their water broke, someone would use it to flush. That's <laughs> Jolly good. Now, okay, so we've uh, we've covered, I think, uh, everything. Two every pounds graphic. A day. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how. I mean, prices must be a bit lower or, or something to live on two pounds a day is 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 is. Oh, it's not is, the same environment. impossible. But, it's not uh, the same environment. Of course, no. it's not the same no. environment. Yeah. All right. Now, a slightly more optimistic note. Yeah. Perhaps. Woo! Um, uh, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, Villa Casey Street in Soweto was the home of two Nobel Prize winners. Yeah, Villa Casey. Yeah, yeah, Villa it, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's there's been two two Nelson Mandela. I think we've moved on from. I know. So uh, weird. From What's buckets going? And, yeah, buckets. Yeah, buckets. Yeah, buckets. Yeah, buckets. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A weird sort of enunciations that we all do, and I have to say, when I come here, I keep saying names. Now. I must be saying this wrong. Uh, mm. uh, well, the amount of people who call it Edinburgh, and you, have you never been here? Yeah. Um, yeah, Nelson Mandela and Desert Ventutu lived on the same street. Isn't that amazing? Oh, right. It's crazy. Yeah, was it, was it a, is it a small street? So there it's quite like a long street. There's lots yeah. of rest- it's sort of like your Royal Mile of Soweto. It's like where all the restaurants are. But oh, it's right. Like, wow, what a river. Like you walk down the street and you immediately, a mandala. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so was that did he, did Mandela live there before his before he rest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, definitely. Every, oh, when he came out, he was in fancy billionaire yeah. kind of homes and stuff. Yeah, he wasn't going to Villa Casi, so he yeah. went there for drinks. I'm sure, but yeah, yeah. this was this was probably mid sixties. Yeah, very different Villa Casi right. streets. But this Imagine is, this is like before your time, isn't it? I don't know how old. I how, hope old so. how old are you? I know I use a lot of Botox. Yeah, so. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 68. No, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> okay, 63. <laughs> you're, you're 28. So, uh, <laughs> but, so you you. Um, I mean, do you remember the time before Nelson Mandela and the, and the apartheid? Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it's in the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I made it nice and awkward and, and tell the time, the day I remember realizing I was in apartheid. It was a wild day. It's sort of uh, my mother, you know, because, you know, the thing about growing up in a human rights crime against humanity, like, you know, they don't, yeah. you don't arrive and they go, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is a crime against humanity. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and so you kind of like, it's normalized this kind of prejudice. Yeah. You only see white people, uh, it looks like Canada, and then uh, the, I think Canadians, yeah. I love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my mother said to me, you know, I was six years old, so I'm mid 80s, and my mother said to me, uh, so I'm not 63, so my mother, said, my mother said to me, literally her words were, Conrad, thank your lucky stars, you weren't born black in South Africa, which is of course a pretty wild thing to say. Yeah. But what she's saying is, like, dude, you, you got it lucky. Yeah, yeah sure. Obviously. Uh, and that was a profound moment for me. I mean, I didn't realize, yeah. I, you only years later realized, wow, that what that meant and what yes, that said yeah. and the, the narrative that yeah. that created. But, but I mean, parents the world over will say to their children if they're doing something or they're not eating their food up or something. You know, there are, there are children starving in Africa or starving in China. Or well, we did that they, here too. This was, was so crazy. I, yeah. I didn't put this in the show, but I wanted to. It's like, we still did that. Oh, no, there are kids starving in Ethiopia. It's like, <laughs> I live in Cape Town. They're down the road. <laughs> so were your parents who are sort of anxious, liberal-minded people who were worried about this or were they... 
much more part of the system. And, they were in the uh, middle. My mother was very aware of the system and disagreed with it. She wasn't an activist by any means. She was like a sort of middle-of-the-road middle uh, 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 liberal... Liberal Democrat. La not a liberal... I'd say a Labour. Yeah. She was Labour, but she'd be like a more Keir Starmer's Labour than Jeremy Corbyn's Labour. Right. And my, and my dad was... My dad would probably love them. Like I asked my dad the other day, like because my dad uh, is very clear. He's an actuary and he's I mean, he's a liberal guy, but he's um, he wasn't uh, like in the struggle sort of thing. I mean, the only reason I'm like this because I it, I met anti-apartheid activists and I sort of realized what was going on around me. But um, the he, I asked he asked me, Conrad, what's going on in South Africa? He doesn't talk like that, but it's funny if I yeah. <laughs> make him sound like he's just come from a. A South African party, but he asked, "What's going on in South Africa?" And because we had a lot of obviously lockdown, messed up all of our politics up. So, um, and South Africa's lockdown was bananas. So the the if you if you jogged outside during lockdown, they'd punish you because you couldn't jog at all. You couldn't go exercise outside. No. And if they caught you doing it, they punished you by making you exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Yeah, weird dynamic. But um, so he asked, "What's going on in South Africa?" I said, "Well, Dad, do you have any black friends?" I mean, he's seventy-six years old, mm. seventy-six years in Africa. He said, "No, no, he's never had a black friend." Yeah. Seventy-six years in, in Africa, not one black friend. That's like walking up the Royal Mile and not getting a single flyer. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's undoable. And um, so I said, "Well, then, how do you know what's going on on in South Africa?" And well, I talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my dad's black friend. Yeah. <laughs> And sort of the kind of part, I, part of the conversation that happens, I don't always put it in, but in the show I'm doing now, is uh, be your dad, whoever's black friend, until they can get a real one. So in other words, if they're yeah. a bit prejudiced, like just, yeah. hey, that was a bit weird. But, but your father now has a black daughter-in-law. Uh, yes, yeah, it, she does. Yeah, he and, does. And, and has that opened his eyes or has I it caused tension? Or no, what? he does. Yeah. No, not at all. No, no. He wasn't like, uh, he, wasn't that, he wasn't that kind of, he's like, you know, that's what liberal racism is. He's not he's very intellectual as well so he understands the concepts and he did all his own reading once I started explaining things to him but no he's, I mean, there's, if, if you in a mixed race relationship and this, the same will happen if you have any viewer in mixed race relationships is there's always weird vibes that happen every now and again and you've got to deal with that you know yeah. it's always like someone said oh I'm not racist but you know you speak yeah. so well you're one of the good ones all that weird <laughs> crap we say yes <laughs> I'm not racist but how does that work like, <laughs> you can't say to your wife honey I would never sleep with your sister <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, yes uh, uh, yeah I'm not racist but it's always followed That's by something just a hint weird, of racism yeah. weird yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> all right so um, so the two the two of them lived in that street perhaps at different times and and have you I believe they lived there at the same time for a period yes yeah, okay. 60s it would have been proper struggle days proper crazy stories running around you know yeah. hiding and uh uh, wearing disguises yeah. and uh, the stories if you hang out with struggle heroes which I have done yeah. quite a bit of is, is amazing just really amazing lives it's, it's, it's always great having boasts about the Nobel Peace Prize Trinity College Cambridge used to always boast that they had more Nobel Prizes than France and <laughs> well, uh, I think it sometimes is true and sometimes that's amazing it, but it yeah. is France so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway so that's uh, that's the two two of them and uh, would, would you or your puppet have interviewed either of them or was it was, I was a bit. They were. They got a bit old. Yeah. But before I was on TV. Yeah. So I did shows with them in the audience, so I met them at things. Yes. But um, proper interview, yeah. no, I knew. I, uh, sort of Ramaphosa down to Clark, I, yeah. I, I managed to interview. Because Desmond Tutu would have would have loved it. He, oh, he would have been great. Yeah. Oh, he had that. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, so, such a great comedy 
He just yeah. had such a great comedy angle. He, he's literally the Desmond Tutu joke quote is, um, of course, Anglican Church was involved in you know more yeah. slightly more progressive church after we because the church is so involved in colonialism this is a weird story you know we, we love you and then because that's the, the, explaining the joke uh, is that colonialism involve involve missionaries so soldiers arrive and then kill everyone yeah. and then you'd go like you got a soft power that would go to the, the chief's brother who's never going to become a chief so he needs some kind of power in his angles so yeah. the missionary go come be our friend because then you've got the power of western support and you have a bit of a influence in the village right so that's kind of missionaries were involved in the soft power kind of colonialism okay, right. so um and it's sort of ironic because they were like uh, love thy neighbors what they were saying and then that's steal the land so it's is they yeah. look like the tinder swindlers of history and and so desmond tutu's yeah. joke is uh, when 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 you know when the british arrived or you know white people arrived we had the land and you had the bible and then we closed our eyes to pray and we opened our <laughs> eyes you uh, you had the land yeah. and we had the bible yes <laughs> i interviewed one side on uh, telly and uh, i had a sort of strange combination of guests in the particular show um there was a, a music star called boy george of course, um, amazing, uh, from, amazing. From Richard, Cup, yeah. you remember Roger, and you think, oh, I don't know if, if they're going to get on. They were on separately in the program where they were, and they, they got they got on famously. Oh, definitely, they were, they, no, definitely. They were wearing similar outfits <laughs> as it happened, but, but that was the only tension between them. But uh, they, uh, but they they both you know, they loved each other, and uh, so uh, was, so humor humor is amazing part of yeah. South Africa's stories. That we go through crazy things, but we can really laugh. We yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. People of the US, great news. The Formula One Circus is coming to Miami this weekend and we've got everything you need to know on P1 with Matt and Tommy, the Formula One podcast from Stack. It doesn't matter if you're an F1 veteran or hardly watch a race. If you want a fun breakdown of the biggest stories from this weekend's race, we've got you covered. Join us for previews and reaction episodes from practice, qualifying and the race itself, plus our full Driver Rankings podcast early next week. You'll be armed with enough info to make you look like a bona fide expert when the race rolls back around next year, or at least when you see your friends next week. Search P1 with Matt and Tommy in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now. 5th wonder it would take us back to your puppet Chester missing because you your your wonder is my puppet Chester missing has gone to court written a book and is famous all on his own it's very strange that's it is very strange yeah yeah so let's uh, let's let's start it's my next wonder about the court case did I say you say that now yeah it's in court court. has gone to court court. so so what did he how did how did the puppet go to court a wild story I'll get him out to explain okay all right yeah 
Oh, very nice. Yeah. Now you want me back. Okay. Hello. None of you phoned anyone. You just yeah. sat there and watched. Yeah. <laughs> Next, he's going to send me to Rwanda. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> So tell the story. We went to yeah. court with a very famous musician in South Africa who's very racist. <laughs> so what was the court case? Was it a, him suing you for... It wasn't actually suing. No. What happened is he, he tweeted, he tweeted, he said he, he blamed black South Africans for apartheid. So he said, he literally, his words here, night looks, blacks are the architects of the apartheid, which is a terrible thing to say, of course. That must come within the category of victim blaming, mustn't it? Yeah, it's got full full blown apartheid and our victim blaming type things. Yeah, so I tweeted in that, that is because you haven't graduated about books that you color in. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's, then we went to a whole campaign asking uh, corporate sponsors of shows he was doing uh, like, do you endorse these words? Because, you know, if you have someone who you with you that you, you know, if you have someone on your stage that you're paying for yeah. and they've done something crazy. So we just went and said, oh, do you support this stuff? And then he started losing sponsorship for gigs uh, and so on. So like a canceling thing, sort of a complicated dynamic. And so he went and got a later harassment charge with um, a police station saying, I'm being harassed. Yeah. Uh, because this guy's taking us on, even though you know he's, yeah. you know he says crazy things all the time. This guy, so it's not like he's not used to this dynamic. Yeah. And uh, so he laid this charge, and the, the the police. There was a young magistrate who approved it, and so for two weeks, so it's actually a harassment charge, not a suing. And so for two weeks, it was illegal for either of us, him as well, because yeah. I said it on Twitter. So I was literally in the court typers. I know. <laughs> So it was like an injunction to say... It was like an injunction. Or cease and desist, they might call it in America. If I said his name, I'd go to... If he, literally, if he said... If I said this guy's name, he would go to jail. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys know Lord Voldemort? It was like that. (laughs) The name you cannot say. (laughs) Even right now. And then people like, you know, think I was just in court, but he was there. Yeah. The judge said, please rise. I was like, hello. So we're the second puppet in history to go to court. Oh, right. Who's the first one? Boris Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Clive. <laughs> You're going back. No, uh, oh, uh, guys, oh, guys, guys, you're just being okay with this. I think you should go in the bag. What? Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's, there's a virus out there, guys. We can't take any chances. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a condom. <laughs> I already look what like size? a penis. <laughs> My size. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe you guys. Help! It's so creepy, isn't it? It's quite disturbing. (laughs) He's got a, uh, I can say this, but he's not, he's got quite a big head for a ventriloquist. Enormous head. Enormous head. Yeah, I want him to look like a vinyl toy. If you know vinyl toys, they're sort of uh, those like graffiti-looking toys. Yeah. But it's a similar style to graffiti, simply drawn and so on. And, and yeah. so I got him designed looking like a sort of interesting, quirky. Right. Okay. Um, so that's why his head's so big. And also bigger than mouth, be easier for you to just forget that I exist. Yeah. Okay, all right. So he's, so you and he were in court or going to court to, and you won in the end. So you It was very strange. Yeah. I mean, it was literally there. Uh, and couldn't say any of the names of the people associated with this guy. And I had journalists come to see shows of mine to see if yeah. I said his name and so on. <laughs> and um, and then, yeah, they, they, it was very, I mean, he sent this 
moron to handle his case and that was my lawyers I got lawyers who supported me of course because it was a ridiculous situation and they were helping his lawyer out because his lawyer was so bad at it and then but he's a big star this, this yeah, guy, this guy yeah, very, very famous yeah. Yeah, very very famous and so it, there was a lot of blowback of course so I don't uh in South Africa's space, I don't talk about it a lot. I mean, his fans are unlikely to listen to your podcast with Love Club. There. Well, I don't know. Uh, the, it's got the racist musician market. I, <laughs> I don't position both. I'm years and years of being BBC neutrality. Yes, exactly. We appeal to all oh, people yeah, these with guys, all their prejudices. All their, of course, yeah. everyone's welcome at the BBC. <laughs> In theory. Um, so. And then what's funny is, what's funny is that at the end, so now at the when we won, uh, I could now say the names, I could talk to the people around him, and his lawyer was one of the people I couldn't talk to. So I was yeah. stopped from speaking, not just to him, to anyone around him. Right. So I waited as this guy left the court, yeah. and then Chester was there going, why are you supporting racism, guy? That's not cool. <laughs> and then he got upset, so he tried to attack me. Yes. Physically. But he was trying to pull Chester out of the way, but he doesn't stand that a TV shot looks like that. Yeah. So in a shot, if you reach your hand in and grab the puppet, it looks like you're mugging the puppet. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a picture, video of this guy yeah. assaulting a puppet. All right. So now, where are we? Uh, where are both of you? Is his career carrying on? Oh, more he's doing or less fine. Regardless? He's doing absolutely fine. And, and, and did it help your career? Did you become well, even more famous? Yes, even more. That that's why fighting racism is very profitable. Uh, no, yeah. no, but it's no. I mean, in all seriousness, um, the blowback is enormous when you take on kind of the establishments because you know my street address got put online with threats. My wife got phone threatened. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know it, it, the, it was and she can't like my wife's very cautious about mentioning my name to like a right wing type of white South Africans who are often involved in the work she does uh, because they know you know this saying this kind of stuff is pretty it's out there so there is a kind of level at which I lose corporate work and I'm unlikely to get ads I do a lot of corporate all your money in South Africa is com as a comedian is made out of doing bank gigs and Vodacom and all right there's not there's some theater but it's mainly corporate gigs so I mean there was a cost uh, and yes there was lots of media uh, so I'm sort of cautious about how I do it I, don't, I, would, I wouldn't do it today because of the privilege that comes from talking about Okay. You benefited from apartheid, and you benefited from that, so now you're benefiting twice. This is weird. <laughs> okay, so so that's that was going to court, but Chester has also written a book. He uh, did yarn politics. He's interviewed everyone, so it was on South African politics. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And 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 he's basically more recognised than you are. Basically. Yeah. I give you the numbers. So he's got about four hundred thousand Twitter followers. Yeah. I have 15,000 Twitter followers. Okay. His career is going much better than mine. <laughs> and uh, do... Uh, I've do checked into hotel rooms under his name. Yeah. And you so can upgrade in his name. But, yeah, it's, yeah. I, no, a proper can. As I arrive, yeah. No, I've had insane yeah. stories. I arrive at the... Uh, I arrive at the, the, the hotel. I say, it's Conrad Koch. It's me, Conrad. Mm. And, um, and they, they go, Sir, um, there's no Conrad Koch here. Mm. Uh, yeah. Chester missing? Yeah, he's he's here. <laughs> he's me. Can you prove it? <sighs> he doesn't have an ID book. <laughs> I think so, it's down to your management or whoever. Oh, I have to booking, chat to booking, someone. Booking, I have to chat your... to someone. It's normally the, the company. Yeah. And there's just, I can go on and on about getting off traffic fines because the police, uh, my management, we had one set of managers who's the cops. Our cops can be quite corrupt sometimes. And the cop, this guy who's managing all my gigs for a while, he says, Show them Chester. I, like, I can't do that. Show them Chester. You take out Chester and the cops. No, Chester can go. 
Well, well done. Uh, well well done, done, Chester. Um, corrupt, so corrupt puppets. We're going to go on to your sixth uh, wonder now, which brings us closer to here. In fact, right right here, your sixth wonder is the Edinburgh Festival. This thing is amazing. It's been a goal for years. So as we mentioned earlier on, this is the first time you've been to the Edinburgh Festival, but you've been to lots of other festivals yes. and centres of Canada, Just for Laughs, uh, all the Canadian Fringe Festivals, some Australian yeah. festivals and so on. The, the problem with coming to the UK is that you know, I have to translate what means something to you. The jokes about, say, if I'm talking about your politics, I don't know what Liz Truss, who is who is funnier? Chester goes, uh, it's Chester go, oh, he's making me talk. It's I'm like I'm Liz Truss and you're Boris Johnson. Yes. Or is it, uh, it's like I'm Nadine Dorries and you're Boris Johnson. Which one's a funnier joke? I don't know until I have some time here. So I had to kind of tour Canada and Australia to get it right. And there's, I've learned, yeah. it was been amazing. I did shows in a place in Canada called Regina, yeah. uh, which sounds rude, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> this is my Regina. And the sports team in Regina is called the Rough Riders. That's the, yes. yeah. which is a condom brand in South Africa. <laughs> Oh, so you need some expat South Africans in the audience. No, no, just say, uh, no, no. You, as they just lot, you can just say it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> so, it, but Montreal, if you just for laughs, that's a big sort of international, specifically comedy festival, kind of built around American television uh, interest as well. So it's just not it's as more of a awesome. business oriented. It's a business oriented thing, and it's very uh, high brandy. Boop, 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 murmur, we're here to book you, and so you don't do as interesting stuff. It's very very polished club yeah. sets versus yeah, you'll see you know the amazing things that you have here. I saw a show called Boris Live at Five. I think Boris Johnson Live, amazing. This guy came out as Boris for yeah. an hour and had sex in the back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't well, know how many kids he had had. It yeah, was an education. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, he's got to make hay while the sun is just about shining. Oh, yeah, somebody who looks out. like Boris Johnson. Yeah. Maybe next year Short there's going to be yeah. not, not much of a market in Absolutely. it. So, Absolutely. So it's, when you start attacking politicians, you don't want to attack them too much. Yes. If, if you, you want them go, to hang on. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the yeah. Well, if you yeah. do political sets, I like I do. That's, uh, yes. Your jokes uh, die yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand. Boris he said, I'm leaving, and then he stayed. And I don't know. That was very strange. Like well, he did his own Brexit. <laughs> it's been a very slow, slow. It's the, the for some reason political parties instead of just voting, the members of parliament could just vote for their leader. They could do it in two days. They've introduced a system where they have to have other people. That's what yeah, happens in yeah, South Africa. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, maybe it's a worldwide phenomenon. To, to my mind, it's ridiculous. It's the so leader strange. is to lead in parliament. Why strange. can't they? They should. Very strange. Be. Uh, like letting someone you've kicked out stay in the house. They're going to break all your stuff. <laughs> well, somebody's got to stay in. And yeah, no, they, of course. They could have put a caretaker, a caretaker yeah. prime minister. Yeah. Which, yeah. But I think he wanted to have his wedding in Chequers or something. I don't know. <laughs> was, uh, and, you know that was uh, wild. Yeah. That's wild. So, so we'll get back to that in a minute. So uh, did, it was Montreal. I, it's just in my mind, Montreal, just for last, because um, Jerry Sadovich has been... Uh, cancelled here he had a, a big incident there when i was i was actually filming it uh, for channel four because he made some um quite controversial jokes and somebody came out of the audience and hit him oh great and because it's comedy early will pe smith people you know, but, but but even uh, it's it very similar to will smith but in that moment it's this comedy show and he's he's he rants on a lot and somebody can't, and in that moment nobody doesn't think you think oh is this for real or is this or or is it for, for laughs part of the show. because it, it could easily be. and yeah. then they, there's a huge furore and that's uh, hilarious and that festival is amazing it's yeah. a it's a learning experience but this festival is incredible i mean it yeah. really is the I mean, you yeah. know, it's it's the best arts festival on earth, and it's amazing to see all this the amazing work, and so also also yeah. to go, where's the edge of the conversation on yes. in, in sort of comedy? 
Well, I, I'm assuming everyone in the audience likes it because they're here at a show at the festival. And you, you, I'm glad to hear you're liking it. I, I don't want to dwell too much on this, eh, because we're running out of time. And I've done lots of these My Seven Wonders now and uh, very few overlaps of the wonders when I was doing them online and very few other than almost everybody uh, here um, picks on the Fringe the Festival or Ed- Edinburgh as one of their wonders, which I think is a... Did everyone do that? Oh, wow. No, not everybody, but this is the only overlap we have. So yeah. uh, that's... Uh, uh, but it, is it something that when you first, you know, I don't know, walked along the Royal Mile or first were walking towards um, uh, your venue, um, were you overwhelmed by it to think, well, this is ridiculous. You, there's so many shows on. How's anybody even going to find me? Well, I, I was very cautious about it. So I came to the festival a few times, saw it, did some smaller open mics to kind of just All get right. a feel for it. Yeah. And then um, managed to get uh, uh, amazing management here uh, with Mick Perrin Worldwide, who are very good at, who obviously uh, first were the first ones to bring Trevor Noah here, yeah. uh, my friend Louis Sagola. So they have a sort of understanding of African acts and our yeah. unique hurdles that we have bringing our content to a kind of more Western environment. Okay. So um, I felt very confident of that. Uh, the only thing I wasn't sure of is that uh, I, do I go the more crazy route? I have, I have a very like a Jeff Dunamy style, but like a left-leaning, fun, you know, a puppet made out of feather dusters and a slipper that's an ostrich. I turn a guy in the audience yeah. into a person, audience into a lion with a lion mask. You know, those ventriloquist marks, but I have a lion and then he hunts people in the audience. Right. <laughs> mm, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> tons of fun and yeah. then I do this much more hard-hitting political style which is kind of unique that's not a lot of ventriloquists to do it and I live in an environment where you can take the conversation on race and colonialism quite far and having a masculine anthropology so I know some of the things that need to be said mm-hmm. so um, I thought bring the more crazy shows so the only thing I wasn't worried about the number of shows there's plenty of people coming my show is sold out and so on so okay. it's more about um, just finding a way because you this show is like a gym for comedians we all get on stage and now we okay yeah. this audience i had a i had a, a a sheep farmer from yorkshire in my show the other night yes i know that because i made him talk at the oh, end of the show all right and well they're usually cheery people oh, they're, sheep no, farmers very from cheery. Yorkshire. absolutely this guy was fun. wonderful yeah. no, this guy was absolutely delightful but i was explaining colonialism to him so it's sort of like a a complex kind of situation is like guys how much has this guy ever seen anyone talk about this stuff mm. i'm sure sheep farmers from yorkshire are very revolutionary people but um, well, I wouldn't put them at the top of the list if I was guessing but I'm, I'm not yeah. from here well they certainly would have heard of colonialism I would have, I would have thought but, yeah. but I'm, all I'm saying they might not necessarily be the most enthusiastic uh, comedy audiences I don't know <laughs> don't but, be uh, rude uh, about that I know I don't, I certainly not. there could be uh, a sheep farmer from Yorkshire yeah, yeah. So I'm be. really sorry <laughs> <laughs> alright we've got yeah. one more wonder to go and your last wonder is again I've got to check the pronunciation as I go but our dog how do you pronounce his name Mogwai Mogwai he's 17 years old he's blind and deaf but keeps on going he's amazing yes I love him does anyone here have an old dog who can't see <laughs> they're amazing yeah. aren't they they're like one of those Roomba vacuum cleaners yes <laughs> he just goes until yeah. he hits a corner and people are yeah. oh, a poor little guy no he's fighting <laughs> well I uh, and it's Mogwai yeah. comes from uh, if you've seen the Gremlins the oh, gr- yeah. You guys remember the Gremlins movie from the 80s? And then there's a little cute creature and then if it goes in the water or eats after 12 at night it becomes a monster. Yeah. The cute thing's called a mogwai. All right. So what, what type of dog is he? He's a Maltese poodle. A Maltese poodle? You know those little white fluffy yeah. ones? So what, do, we, do you call them a moodle these days? Or I, I that, probably. Yeah. But we, we so just, he's a cross between a Maltese it, well, looks, and, a, and a poodle? Uh, no, well, no, no. Or well, there is such a... 
I don't. He's a cross between. Say, he might. I think he's he is a bit of a cross, but we don't know. I think he might. There's some Jack Russell. You know. Yeah. He's you know one of those dogs that you got from your neighbour type of dog. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's delightful. He's a tons of fun. You know. Well, that's a good age. Sixteen. Yeah. I know. He keeps going. Yeah. It's exhausting. I had a dog until last uh, last summer. Who he was sixteen and a half or oh. thereabouts. He was a bit of a mixture. Uh, Could and he, he still see in here? Well, no. He. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had. Him, I got him for a TV program. Actually, it was called uh, uh, the Under dog show and it was like a sort of reality program you got a dog to train and then you got eliminated week by week anyway he was he, he was with us for a long while and he was a bit, he was blind and deaf by the end and we have a little pond in our garden and he i was i was there at one point and i could just hear him splashing around he'd, he'd gone in walked into the pond it wasn't a deep pond but you know how dogs are he was just keeping trying to walk out of it and i so oh, i shit. put all things around it and, and yeah. it, you know, dried him off and you know dog with pond water on him no. isn't isn't no, fantastic it's... and then a few weeks later he did it again yeah and uh, i thought oh come on albert you know you must have uh, you must have learnt this is where the pond is yeah but it, it, i thought he was deaf but he uh, Sorry, this is a bit. This is not, not. No, really no, it's amazing. My, I love for it. my story, but he was he was on his last legs really, and I went to see. Could you bed. call him? Could you whistle and he'd look up? Uh, no, but then he, he wasn't over keen on being called, even when he was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he came if he wanted to. He was a very food oriented. So if you had food, he'd come, and if he didn't, if he didn't, he didn't. Um, so I had a conversation with a vet, and hey, we decided. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't collapsing. He wasn't soiling himself. He wasn't whimpering. He wasn't in pain. So let's Fine. keep him going. Yeah. But he, I think he heard all that because he decided. <laughs> he'd had enough that so overnight he did all those things Backstab. for the first time so uh, that was it but anyway um, so I'm uh, so so Mugwai is, is in South Africa is he uh, yes, no, I kept yeah. him in my suitcase and I bought him. No, no, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm, just, yeah, I'm just asking. So, no, no, so he's Cape Town, being my kept. Wife, my wife is in Cape Town. With my All right. Wife, and we've yeah. just moved, which is, yeah. I feel sorry for him a bit because, you know, when they're blind, All they right. find they, they get used to the paths. They get, okay, I'm here. And yeah. they can see, he can hear enough that he Smell can get a sense yeah. uh, So he does, yeah. now he keeps getting, in, I mean, it's hilarious because yeah. he stands in like a weird corner and stuff. And they will, where did the bathroom yeah. go? Yes. <laughs> Never mind. It'll yeah. be here. Yeah. Basically, what's yes. happening? Yes. And I'm at the Edinburgh Festival, yeah. so you can imagine. So are you worried? You know, you're going to get back to him soon. You know, in case you know, the I, worst that is, I am. I am honestly worried yes. about that, Joe, because I have had a dog get sick while I was away. It's a Perth fringe once, and it's it's really hard. You know, you worry about them. It's a it's yeah. guy. You know. Yeah. But he, he's a proper trooper, so I don't think I doubt he'll go. Yes. He's probably lived to 25 or something ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think 17 is probably getting to the upper limit. But, yeah, uh, the use-by date has definitely been passed. <laughs> <laughs> I had a dog before this one who was uh, a, f- a feisty dog, uh, West Highland White. And, uh, oh, I know this. In a, in a, you know, when, they, when we, had, we had to go and see the vet and the guys, you know, the vet said, well, you know, I'm going to give a little injection to sedate him and then another one to polish him off. And I said, well, okay, be careful. Yeah. Because he's always been a feisty dog. Yeah. Anyway, the, the little injection to sedate him was just enough to spark him back into life. <laughs> and he bit the vet. And so, uh, and I, I should have told him off for that. That's but, a way to But go. I couldn't help you. Yes, okay. Um, so uh, that's, we've come really to the end of your wonders. So thank you very much for, for joining us. Thanks. And Glenn. to explain. And thanks for... Thanks for listening. I have to choose the wonder of wonders from your list of seven, the one which struck me as uh, particularly wonderful as described in this podcast. So I've got to find the list of wonders again and make my decision. I enjoyed, uh, I was moved by your talk, talking about your dog. As you can see, I'm a a dog owner. Um, But I think the, the, I think of all the things that, um, 
uh, you've mentioned that's the most in, in, wonderful and a bit more joyous than some of the others. I think I'd go with this uh, Villa Kazi Street in Soweto being the home of two Nobel Peace Prize winners. So thank, thank you very much. Conrad Koch. If you enjoyed this episode of My Seven Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening. Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a stack production in association with Alaska TV and powered by the Acast Creator Network. People of the US, great news. The Formula One Circus is coming to Miami this weekend and we've got everything you need to know on P1 with Matt and Tommy, the Formula One podcast from Stack. It doesn't matter if you're an F1 veteran or hardly watch a race. If you want a fun breakdown of the biggest stories from this weekend's race, we've got you covered. Join us for previews and reaction episodes from practice, qualifying and the race itself, plus our full Driver Rankings podcast early next week. You'll be armed with enough info to make you look like a bona fide expert when the race rolls back around next year, or at least when you see your friends next week. Search P1 with Matt and Tommy in your podcast app to subscribe and listen now.